for all the struggles that being a single mom is, there are so many parts that I am insanely proud of. And more than anything, it's the girls watching me kind of evolve as a professional and they see it. They definitely do. today. She's one of the most radiant and uh, I want to say bubbly, but in a really good way, uh, people in the channel, very friendly, always open to talking. Tiffany Allen from Pain Meringue uh, and QuickTag. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. Oh my gosh, what a warm welcome, Khaled. I love it. I Pleasure to be here. I've listened to all your podcasts. I'm flattered that I get to participate. No, thank you so much. It's it's such an honor to have you. And honestly, I've learned so much from you, from seeing how friendly you are to partners, um, how active you are at events. I think it's really hard to miss you, especially the last couple of events where you were in full pink, uh, really channeling the, the Barbie hype. But I think you've been able to capitalize on that well. And, it, and it's awesome because it matches the personality. You kind of see something that is very friendly looking, something that you can trust. And it's true. I can I can attest to that. It's through and through um, something that is not just a show. It's it's very meaningful. And I think um, maybe that's uh, something that is good to ask about. At first, I would love to learn about how you came through to your approach to partnerships, um, how you've developed your work uh, kind of persona within ERPs, and and what your background was. I love it. I love it. Well, it, it's a pleasure to be here. And I think you picked up on something that I definitely find key to what I do. And that's more than anything being approachable. Um, I entered the channel almost 15 years ago. Um, I was working for um, a Dynamics uh, reseller in Southern California. And I knew absolutely nothing about ERPs. I knew um, nothing about Microsoft Dynamics. I came up through, um, uh, I had a marketing background. I worked for a mortgage company for years, kind of in the heyday of super low rates. And when things shifted, um, I needed to shift with them. So that's where I found ERPs. And, um, you know, I would say it's pretty intimidating coming into this space and that's not your background. My background was not finance. It was certainly not software. Um, and finding people that were approachable in that space in this very warm, open community, I think is really what made the difference for me. Um, one particular gentleman that I worked with, I mean, I remember I had a list, I had a notebook of all the acronyms and I was just trying to learn them before I went to my first, I think it was called Convergence. And the amount of faith that they had in me to go, um, I was shocked by, but to a bit of your point, I think they saw something in me and that I am approachable. And I, I definitely, you know, pride myself and, you know, going to events and shows and wanting to meet people. And I want to have a good time, absolutely. And I know that it can be intimidating. So, you know, finding a warm and friendly face, I think, is really, you know, half the battle um, for us. And the Dynamics community really is fantastic. Um, you know, you get all types of people, but lots of really warm, open people willing to share their knowledge. Um, you know, you do that with me all the time. You're always giving me a tip or a trick here or there. So I love that. Thank you. 
No problem. No, honestly, thank you, Tiff. I uh, I think it's really nice how approachable you are because you're right. Like I think especially for like from my perspective, coming in as a young career professional, you do feel as a bit of an outsider. And honestly, even in our community today, there's still a big bias towards a very specific persona. It's like 40 to 60 year old men. And if you're not in that category, it can feel a bit othering at times. And so creating a space where it is welcoming, where people can come in, no matter their background, even if they're coming in from mortgages. I talked to Michael Krantz last episode and and he came in from a law background. He was a lawyer and now is a partnerships leader. And so you can get people from all over the place and, and kind of get them to exhibit um in in the space to shine and and really rise to to help lead some of the organizations i think that's very critical have you found that experience to be hard at first or was the community really welcoming from the get-go i will say it was very hard at first um just because it's hard to get beyond that intimidation you know with knowledge and experience comes a level of confidence. So I I would say I didn't have the level of confidence that I have now back then, but I definitely tried to take an approach of just being friendly and kind and, and, you know, introducing myself and meeting new people. Some people were fantastic, but I also had, you know, I would say mentors or partner, you know, fellow mentors within the group that really kind of walked alongside me that made it a lot easier. And I I saw your um, podcast, with Sam on this one in the mentorship side of things. And I immediately literally texted my mentor um, and thanked him because he was phenomenal. You know, and and if you can find a little bit of a buddy system, even if it's within your company or it's another company that your your organization works and partners with, an ISV in the space, if you're a partner, vice versa, if you're an ISV and you've built a relationship with one particular partner, buddy up with them, walk the show floor with them, go to a handful of sessions with them when you're out at these shows. And it honestly, you're just going to, you know, walk in with a little bit more confidence. Um, I, I think truly, you know, having that mentor is key, being able to ask those questions that sometimes you're too embarrassed to ask and those, con- you know, maybe in a one-on-one conversation, having that backup sitting right next to you just really can, you know, go a long way in terms of building the confidence. And I will say like it, you and I talked about this before we started, um, you know, find different ways to educate yourself outside of your day-to-day nine to five. I'm on these calls. I'm learning product. I, as I mentioned to you, I drive back and forth to see my daughter. She's about two hours away at school every, you know, few months and your podcast, I, I rip through like six of them, eight of them. Um, and take those times other dorky thing uh in every morning obviously i'm getting ready for work when i'm putting on my makeup i listen to other podcasts um i'm I'm doing a great one right now on artificial intelligence right that's part of my product but i don't know everything there's no way (laughs) um and it's such a hot topic and things are changing and evolving so much i i definitely try and carve out different areas in my day maybe you know just if i'm going for a walk again listening to a different podcast so I can continue to educate myself in this space and in the channel. Um, just really education obviously can help build a tremendous amount of confidence. So finding different ways to infuse that into your day, I think is important. Absolutely. And and I think there's so many wonderful resources, honestly, for me starting out 
uh, Bob Evans's podcast, uh, Cloud Wars, was such a fantastic way to learn all about it. For me, it was really great because coming in from SAP, I kind of wanted to still have some attachment to that community. And so because he branches out across multiple ones, that was great. Um, I think what Brad and Chris do with the Dynamics Corner, that's really fantastic. It's very casual. It's very open. You feel like you get access to the individuals and it's not um, so like high and mighty in, in, in their uh, podcasting style. So I totally agree. And even outside of podcasts, all these MVPs have blogs, um, all the different companies that do thought leadership is pretty great. But it can be hard to, right? Like balancing, you mentioned you are doing it while driving or while getting ready in the morning. Um, and we all have commitments outside. So how do you approach this balance? Like how do you make sure that you have your family life, your commitments outside of work? Um, your oh, it has evolved. It has evolved dramatically. <laughs> um, part of the reason I'm here, honestly, the, the main reason I am in the Dynamics channel is um, I was a single mom for many, many years and I did work for a uh, Dynamics partner and I was just doing some marketing for them on a part-time basis. And um, when I made that shift into like single mom life, um, I was given an opportunity to transition to the sales side of things. And I couldn't be more thankful because the opportunity that allowed me to you know, maintain or kind of rebuild life for me and the girls was, um, you know, was tremendous. That the fact that somebody had enough trust in my ability to continue to evolve and educate myself um, on the ERPs, in dynamics, on invoice automation, was key. And and the struggle was real. I mean, I was a single mom and with two very active kids that both played sports and. I think one of the beautiful things that I know from, you know, working with so many different, you know, partners and ISVs is this has been a space that's really been prone to a lot more, you know, uh, remote workforce. So it was kind of like I was up with the kids in the morning, off to school by 7.38. That's when my first calls would start. And then honestly, by about 3 p.m., I turned into a taxi cab driver. Um, and it, it was great fun. Um, traveling during that time with the being a single mom was was interesting. I had to have a lot of faith in, in friends. I live in Southern California, but I was born and raised in Houston, Texas. So I really had no family here. So having faith and trust, people were putting it in me. I had to do that the same thing in my just local community here with my girls. Um, and I will tell you, I, for all the struggles that being a single mom is, there are so many parts that I am insanely proud of. And more than anything, it's the girls watching me kind of evolve as um, as a professional and they see it. They definitely do. So um, it's it was definitely they know that it was very challenging for sure. But now it's like they're they're both off in college now. So life is a lot different. I have a lot of time for podcasts. Let's tell you that. Um, but just re then reflecting back over the last few years, you know, they're making decisions about where they want to go to school and what they want to do. Um, they have, they have recognized it and shown how much sacrifice that we've made. All three of us had to make together, you know, um, but also me. And they're just like, it's so cute. My daughter is on LinkedIn now and she's like, wow, mom, you are just like pimping LinkedIn. I was like, mom. That's my channel, girl. I'm not on Instagram. I am on Instagram and Snapchat so I can see what they're doing. Yes. Um, but no, that's where my people are is on LinkedIn. Um, and 
you know, kind of take it back to the, the bubbly part of it. I love that the LinkedIn channel is there for us because it is hard when you work remote and we have very few like conferences within the dynamic space to continue to like put out who you are as a person. And for me, it's a, it's a different medium that does allow me to highlight, you know, I think some of my strengths, you know, it is, you know, putting out a video for somebody you would be shocked the number of direct messages that I get. It shocks me sometimes. People are like, you get leads through LinkedIn. I'm like, heck yeah, I get leads through LinkedIn. You don't. Um, so in terms of the time juggle, right, um, life has changed a lot. Um, I, I found love again, so that's exciting and good. I got married again um, uh, last year. Um, my husband travels a ton, so I am now... I guess kind of like the single lady of the house. I'm just the lady of the house, me and the dog, um, about to be another dog. So um, if you're a young mom or if you're a young parent in this space, I, I think just put your head down, carve out those moments, whether it's getting dressed in the morning, walking on the treadmill, um, you know, getting up early before the kids do, I wholeheartedly say invest in yourself because the more you educate yourself in the space, the more confident you feel in what you're doing and who you're talking to, and it just goes a long way. I love that. What an amazing story, Tiff, because I, I, like, you know, I can relate to so much of it, being the son of a single mom, and, like, I think it does require a lot of uh, kind of unity and collaboration <laughs> to make it happen, um, and I think it's awesome that you were open with your kids, and I'm sure they learned a lot from watching you, like you said, and what an amazing role model to have so close. I think that's really great. But yeah, I think it also is only achievable with making sure that you can lean on some people here and there, making sure that you invest in yourself, you're aware of what you need, and like kind of introspecting a little. I think that self-awareness is really important. I think um, a lot of people try to see how one person succeeds and just try to copy them. But one thing that always shines true for you is the authenticity. Like I see you and I see Tiff, it's just this one person, this is who you are and you're doing amazing because of it, because this is who you are. And I don't think you like really cover it up or try to be someone else. Um, and it's funny, you mentioned like some people don't get the leads on LinkedIn. Honestly, I do think it's a rare thing, but it's probably because you use it so well, you use it your way, and so you do stand out while everyone else is trying to just do the same like LinkedIn lunatic thing where they all <laughs> copy each other. <laughs> I it it is important to be unique and different. And I you did you did land on something there. You know, it's important to like, you know, have a good group of people to glean on glean information off of, whether it's just in our environment, you know, specific to our industry. I mean, again, I had no background in terms of what an ERP was. And I proudly say, I feel like I'm an absolute software finance ERP dork. Like, did I ever think that's what I was going to be doing, that that's where my knowledge share would have landed? I um, I grew up in um, an entrepreneur household. My mom and dad both own their own businesses, but they were like super sexy, like publishing. Okay, I mean, how fun is that? Um, NFL team newspapers, Pilates style magazines, like yes, very very sexy. And now uh, Tiff goes to selling 
you know, AP automation software. Okay, sure. Didn't wouldn't have, wouldn't have picked that, right? Um, but again, with knowledge comes a lot of confidence, and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I'm even busy trying to promote the girls, like ladies. There are plenty of jobs. There's plenty of jobs in technology, and especially for women. So I'm a huge proponent. Um, I, and I think they see it too. I'm proud of them for opening up their eyes to like so many new opportunities that come that I think are really going to be very unique to see more women growing in this industry. Um, and young professionals, yes, I agree with you. It's very intimidating for them to step into that space. Um, so I, I can appreciate where you come from in that regard as well. What are the girls studying now? So oddly enough, both are in communications. So my oldest is a senior. She'll be graduating in the in the spring, and she is a communications major. Um, and then Reese is a sophomore and just declared her major um, as well in communications, which kind of surprised me. Now both of them are doing a little bit of a different spin of it. Um, Lexi has got some international business on hers, which that I think is going to be crazy fun. Um, and Reese is going a little bit more environmental. Um, which uh, in terms of a minor, so I love that. I, I'm really excited to see how that evolves for her. That's very much her personality. When uh, raising that one, she's, she's interesting. I was like, I was convinced she was gonna be a CEO or a lawyer because she could argue anything. So I feel like her going an environmental path with communications is fantastic. fantastic. We need people protecting this world. That's for damn sure. Definitely, and and you know, communications is probably one of the most valuable areas to grow into now, especially with AI. Um, you have to be really empathetic, understand how people communicate, understand how to deliver a message, mobilize them, and no matter what kind of spin, like you said, um, they're putting on it, I think that's useful because then they're aware of who they're talking to. And I, I think if if they learned anything from you, we're going to succeed really well in that because I know you know how to work a crowd, how to understand, how to react to it, and kind of tailor the message. You're maintaining that overall authenticity that you're able to tailor the message and you're not talking to someone non-technical about all the ins and outs of the solution. That takes so much understanding. And so I think um, it's going to be really exciting to see them uh, succeed and see how you mentor them and continue coaching them and allowing them to bloom. But I think um, for you, do you do you kind of uh, expect a lot of changes because of AI and the way that you're doing your job? Are you anticipating a difference in the way that we communicate, the way that we build partnerships, things like that? I, I do. You know, it's interesting. I'm prepping for an AI panel right now and I think one of the questions was, you know, do you think AI is going to take your job? And absolutely, I do not think it is. I think it's going to allow us, obviously, to work much smarter um, and more efficiently. Um, and But I do think there is something that is intimidating about AI for a lot of people, right? Firing up ChatGPT and asking a bunch of questions and figuring out how to get better answers by rewording those prompts, that's one thing. Um, but AI can be leveraged in so many different, you know, facets. You know, generative AI is kind of creating that new content. I'm more on the descriptive, right? 
you know, because I'm taking data sets and we're learning from, you know, very repetitive behaviors and making better decisions. I think we're going to continue to see people adopting AI in different levels um, in, in that work. But I think they are. I think truly it can be. It's a little overwhelming. I think people are going to look for more kind of end to end solutions. And in some ways, that's why I think, you know, ISVs are, are just poised perfectly in the in the midst of this disruption with AI, because they're really good at taking, you know, that technology and then infusing it with something you already have. How do I maximize my investment in the ERP instead of you having to teach your group and develop this develop AI uniquely for your company, your organization or your department? looking at solutions that have honestly have that knowledge base to think it through soup to nuts, A to Z, how can we make it work and deliver it in a format that's a little bit more attainable, um, not so overwhelming. You know, one of the biggest things that we see and contend with are, you know, projects, um, you know, and, and the just people, the challenge of just trying to manage different projects and timelines that go along with that. So I think when we look at AI and how we can enhance that and infuse it into the organizations going forward, it's going to be more of a AI built solution that can be plugged and played. So it's not so overwhelming for how do I actually, how do I do this? What building blocks do I put in to make us most efficient? Hey, no, I have an AI solution that is going to address this area, this department, this segment. I think it's going to be a little bit more attainable. Um, in the short term, for sure. And that's really interesting. I, I think for sure, I don't think AI is going to replace jobs like yours, where it is all based on human relationships. But if we start thinking about AI enabling you to build a custom solution that really fits whatever business case you have, it kind of changes what an ISV does to a degree and what a partner does too. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on what you think is coming down the pike for ISVs, for partners, especially in our ecosystem. How's that relationship changing and how is uh, a user going to take control? Like we are hearing about transacting through marketplaces, getting closer to the customers, giving them choices. Do you see these trends moving in, a, in one direction or the other? I definitely do. I think partners are probably going to be extremely challenged. Um, first and foremost, because AI is such a buzzword right now. That's the first thing that's coming to mind. So you're meeting with those partners and you're doing your, you know, your annual reviews or quarterly reviews, and they're going to be like, hey, this is what I want to do. How can I do it? And the partners are already challenged by all of us ISV products out there today, knocking on their door, trying to determine, you know, hey, how can I be that right fit for your client? So I think it will be interesting how we can discern what those requirements are from our customers and how we can come up with purpose-built solutions for them versus always having to customize it. Um, if we want to ensure that it's affordable for them, right, we want to come up with something that is more purpose-built in that regard. So I think we'll continue to see ISD solutions involvement. Khaled, there's a vacuum cleaner, I'm so sorry. No problem. <laughs> my favorite day. It's my favorite day of the month. It's Letty Day. Sorry. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, that that is definitely that's one thing that's evolved. Single mom did never. I never had a Letty Day. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I think purpose-built solutions will be the biggest thing that that comes and continues to evolve. And I think partners are really going to be relying on ISVs to do that. Um, They need to be able to discern those requirements from from our customers and understand what challenges that they are meeting and how can we deliver purpose-built solutions that is integrated, um, that can really, you know, be deployed and, you know, integrated within, you know, extending, you know, through AppSource, through Business Central. Um, You know, I think the Business Central model is a fantastic one. I mean, we are, you know, a perfect example, I think, of leveraging, you know, the flexibility that it's given to us um, and continuing to evolve those apps for them. Um, but truly based on requirements. We just need to keep soaking in what challenges they have and ensuring that we are like building an end-to-end solution. Um, I'm sure enterprise organizations absolutely customize products all day long, right? That makes sense. In the SMB space, we truly need, you know, to continue to see the evolution of a purpose-built solution, I think. Yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see if there's um any focus on either bringing ai into the product or using it to create efficiencies and then you can have like one isv solution but it is verticalized because you don't need an industry expert on every single industry you can kind of reduce the amount of time you need to research you can reduce the amount of time you need to customize your solution um, there's there's definitely a lot of interesting directions that it can go into. I don't know if we can speculate uh, without knowing I, too much. I think I I think AI is again going to continue to look at that data too. So I think we're going to be able to make much more informed decisions, um, right? So that's that you know that in terms of generative versus versus descriptive, right? We're going to be able to continue to learn off that behavior. Perfect example is I processed it this way this time. That's the way I'm going to process it this time again. So again, eliminating potentially something from someone's queue altogether, but also then it's allowing you to see all of that detail and the analytics behind it so you can make more informed decisions going forward. Um, So I would agree with you. It's how do I continue to build efficiencies but that also take those efficiencies and give me more data. How can I keep expanding this and taking it to the next level? Um, you know, a lot of people in my space always talk about like, oh, hey, you know, as you're leveraging, you know, um, you know, AP automation, you should be able to, you know, bring things together so you can deliver more efficient buying processes and practices. You need to deliver it to them, right? You in a format that's digestible. And I think we're going to continue to see AI allow us to make that more tangible and real time for our users. Yeah, it's interesting because like kind of tagging onto the descriptive part of AI, I think ISVs need more access into their own data. And if you think about like our GP days, ISVs did not have a lot of insight into what's going on when an end user buys a product. We didn't even know if end users kept on using the product. It's so um, true. And, and, and now ISVs want all the information. They want to see what's going on, what the like heat mapping looks like, what parts of the solutions are being used, and all the telemetry. And I think that will be phenomenally helpful for any company that is trying to continuously improve their products, get all the data, make sense of it, do some pattern recognition, 
and understand how they can take this and go to market with other customers and maybe identify really strong verticals for them or whatever else there may be. So that would be really interesting to see. You're absolutely correct, because now if you've got a cloud solution integrated to the cloud, right, you're going to be able to aggregate all that data to empower not just that company that you've sold to, but, you know, any of those new perspective ones that you have as well. But again, aggregating that data even for your customer and what that behavior looks like across this entire universe of customers, this entire universe of vendors. Um, so um, aggregating that data and presenting it to them in a tangible way um, to be able to, you know, and make informed decisions, um, I think will just allow them to continue to take it to the next level, which is exciting. 100%. Is that, would you say that's the trend you're kind of most excited about within our channel or what other things are you anticipating? Um, well, so, I mean, to be honest, I am anticipating a lot of change as it relates to the generative side of things as well. So part of like, you know, my, my morning makeup routine, right? I, I was listening to a ton of the Aspire sessions to see really what kind of Microsoft was infusing into um, the Dynamics applications as a whole, because I kind of sit on that descriptive side of things and I'm constantly absorbing that. I think, again, us aggregating that data and allowing them to make more actions off of it will be key, but I do want to continue to see how the generative component can come into play. Um, that's where I want to continue to educate myself. I wouldn't even begin to make a, you know, a prediction on that front other than the fact that we're like it's we're all here we're we're ready to digest it um and and I'm, I'm excited to see what what there is to come i also am excited for those sessions you know that we've got upcoming here for us in the next few weeks so i can continue to learn more in terms of how i could use it you know in in my day-to-day -day business um i think it's exciting i love how focused you are on your own self-improvement and investing in yourself and continuously learning um, you know, I think that's the best way to stay current, to say like as excellent as you can be. Um, and it's admirable because you do need to like intentionally carve out time, invest in yourself, learn and, and be open to it, not just like kind of shut down and say, no, AP automation is what I do. This is my area of depth. I'm not going to look sideways at all. I feel like if I were to do that, I would be left behind. I mean, I, that is the most exciting part about this industry is how we are continuing to innovate and evolve. And that's probably, I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I know that's part of the reason that I do love my job. It is constantly changing. And I feel like, you know, uh, our products are constantly evolving, um, getting better and better. I've never been prouder in my life um, to sell the solutions that I do. Um, you know, I, I've been doing it a long time and to see how we have just the, the drastic um, changes and improvement we've been able to make for me is phenomenal. I think, honestly, I think for the SMB market, the evolution of pricing, um, ensuring things that are more affordable, delivering, you know, more, you know, tech infused solutions into the SMB market. I'm crazy proud of, right? Single mom. I was always you know, um, cutting corners and, and pinching pennies. So a budget is always a key um, concern to me. And I think that's one of the beauties of, you know, the ISB channel specific to the SMB market is ensuring that I, I the number of conversations I've had over the years that the ROI just didn't pencil out before. That's not, that's, that's not the topic anymore. We're not 
We don't need to cover ROI. It is affordable, absolutely. We need to cover what gaps. Does this fill the gaps for you or not? Um, so I, I think that, you know, I guess maybe if, if there's any prediction, maybe I think that's where we'll continue to see things enhanced, right? We are ensuring that, you know, technology can be extended, not just to, you know, giant enterprise organizations. These smaller guys can totally take advantage of AI infused, fully integrated into their ERP. Yes, they might not have thought they could have, but they can now. Yeah, you know, it's democratizing access. It's it's funny, it's kind of like an overarching theme to everything we've been talking about, I think, is getting access into the channel, making sure that there's resources, making sure that there's spaces where you can connect mentors who you can lean on, different members of the community. And then with technology now, with things like uh, OpenAI being an open source company, even though they're, they've got a lot of investment uh, through Microsoft, is technically open source and and chat gpt is so accessible like anyone uh of the street can figure it out you don't need to be some data scientist or anything like that and i think that democratization of access to technology to community to learning through podcasts to learning through things like learn.microsoft.com or sessions that are available or anything like that it's really leveling the playing field and that means that everyone whether it is an industry veteran or someone who's just entering in, or someone who doesn't look or feel exactly the same way as you would expect a traditional ERP consultant to, um, everyone can access it. And that's why all of us have to continuously improve because otherwise they're gonna be left behind. There's access oh. to these resources. You completely will. Soak it in. I mean, you absolutely have to soak it in. And, and there are so many fun resources to do it within, right? It, it's like, I honestly, I'm on a, I'm on a crazy uh, TikTok algorithm right now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of literally, how do I leverage, you know, my different, you know, how do you, how do I ask a question better to get a better result? You know, leveraging AI, even that is like what's flooding my feed right now. And I have used it and it is crazy cool and good. And the evolution of how I even use the tool over the last 60 days has been tremendous. Thanks to TikTok. That's an odd one to say. <laughs> I know a lot of people learn so much from TikTok. I think it's it, it can be a really valuable resource. You know, I kind of envy um, the the next generation, even though I'm pretty young, I sometimes feel old when I go by the university and like some of the areas where younger people hang out, they're all so polite, they're all so well behaved, and then they're all so smart because they have access to all these like resources that are available through TikTok, through Instagram, and they educate each other, they mobilize, they're active. Uh, it's, it's really awesome to see. So I think learning from TikTok is not at all a bad thing. <laughs> I would agree with you. And I think that's the other piece too, right? It's like, just how do you infuse yourself with that education and being near the youth that will ensure that you do it, right? They are constantly opening your eyes up to different channels and insane how sharp these kids are. Insane. I will continue to soak it up. That's awesome. If, what advice do you have for someone who maybe uh, is in the same position that you are in or was in in the past um, for anyone who's kind of trying to enter? I think we talked a lot about learning, but anything else that you want to share, like secret sauce that you've had? 
I mean, in terms of secret sauce, I think, um, you know, we talked about it a bit, educate yourself in these off times. Um, it can be t- difficult and challenging, you know, as a single mom and whatever your circumstance may be to carve out that time. Um, but carving out that time to educate yourself, empower yourself is tremendous. Also give yourself some grace, a lot of grace. Um, there, you know, we, we all walk through it. There are moments and times when you probably aren't great at giving yourself grace, um, but you can't be all things to all people at all moments. And um, family should come first, absolutely. Your family also will understand in those moments that family can't come first that time. You know, I had to travel when, um, you know, for like a week at a time, a couple times a year when the girls were really young. And the guilt that you get that, that overwhelms somebody in those moments can be really difficult. But you gotta give yourself grace that what you're doing is helping provide for your family, for yourself, for a better life, for them in a better life. So as you find a mentor, please, please find a mentor, find a couple mentors, lean on them, trust that no question is, uh, you know, is going to be embarrassing. Ask those questions of that mentor, find the extra sources, but dang it, give yourself some grace. It's hard. Life is not easy. Um, And, and just, that's where the bubbly part has to come into play, right? Because (laughs) Um, there are really tough moments and honestly, I am definitely a smile through them and you know what, I know it's going to be a better day tomorrow. It might not be a great day tomorrow, but I I think that I can see great days in the future because they will come. So just give yourself the grace to know and understand that, you know, as you're walking through this, um, you're going to get smarter. You I promise you, you're going to get smarter. Surround yourself with good people. You, that education will come and will just soak you in. Um, so just trust, trust yourself, trust your gut, trust those that are around you and, and just make sure don't be too hard on yourself. It'll come. I, I love that advice. And I think it's so valuable. So often we can see like everyone on social media is posting the highlights and you want to catch up and it feels like a bit of a rat race, but I think this is really important. Just knowing where you are coming from, the circumstances that you're in giving yourself the grace, continuously pushing yourself forward. And yeah, smiling through it. If, if you're going through hell, you got to just keep going through. Um, so so fake it till you make it, right? I mean, yeah, there's a yeah. lot to that. <laughs> and there's a lot to, can you know, waking up at each day and saying, I'm going to make this a great day. And dang it, it might get derailed. It may. And that's okay. But the next day, you better come back at it with the same attitude, for sure. So. Absolutely. Steph, thank you so much for sharing this. Thank you for sharing everything from your experience. I think it's so awesome to hear about it, to learn from it, and, and to really like be able to relate because I think it's important to talk openly um, and share and like show that we're such a diverse community. I think sometimes that can be missed because everyone kind of has the same goals. There's, there is a lot of unity in this community, but unity doesn't mean sameness. It means that more diverse, but all accept each other. And so I, I really appreciate that you brought this message forward. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I honestly, you are an absolute pleasure. I always love connecting with you. And it does speak to the point, like it's insane. I might have been in this industry for 15 years. We only met a few years ago and you were constantly teaching me something new. So stick around these young people. It's, it's definitely, they, they rub off on you and it's a fantastic feeling, that's for sure. <laughs> Tip, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate you. I appreciate always learning from you as well. 
and love connecting with you always. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you.